Nosotras somos tres mujeres negras que valoran la hermandad y juntas somos de negro. We are three black women who value sisterhood and together we are black tea. Get your cup, do whatever you have to do, and get ready for your light, savory sip. All right, we are back. Black tea in the house. Y'all ready? Yes, ma'am. All right, we're going to do our uh, Naturally Beautiful, chapter seven and eight today. And these are really good chapters. I think these are some really good chapters. Chapter seven is the disease of self-hatred and eight is envy and uncreative quality. I thought both of those was really, really good reads. So what did you all get from the disease of self-hatred? For me, um, what stood out was on page 56, where she says, um, actually, I wrote down a few things, but when we are unhappy with ourselves, we feel threatened by every female that walks by. And that stood out to me because, for one, I was, I was in that space before in my life where I was just totally insecure and just like, I felt threatened by, by women. Like, I didn't even know them, probably didn't even have a conversation with them. And I realized, like, even though I had read this book before, at that time, it didn't really strike me the way that it struck me this time. And so um, reflecting on that, it's like once you start to, I guess, get closer to yourself and figure out your skills, figure out that one thing that makes you different or stand out from everyone else, then that just seems to kind of go away. For me, anyway, it, it just kind of just died out. It's like, oh, you know, I can recognize the beauty or whatever talent this sister may have. I can recognize that, but that doesn't necessarily take away from who I am as a woman. And whereas at first I would just be like, oh, I, you know, just felt down on myself. So that's one of the things that stood out to me in chapter seven. Yes, ma'am. So I... I had to read six, seven, and eight together because the way chapter six is like to me the prelude of seven and eight. And um, I agree with what Sister Faith was saying. Um, but chapter six was talking about one of the things that stood out to me. I'm going back to it because it says at the core of a woman's inability to love her sisters is self-hatred and envy. Um, and I didn't get the full statement, but it was on page 53. And so like knowing like the core of not liking any other woman is because there's something in you that you don't like or something in that sister that you want, but it's because you don't have it. So going back to why you don't like yourself. And so I really thought that was like important to raise again or to bring up because Chapter seven is talking about the disease of self-hatred, but chapter six talked about self-hatred. And in chapter seven, um, 
one of the things that I really liked was if we do not like ourselves, then let us work to correct ourselves. So like we can spend so much time focusing on what we don't like about ourselves or what we don't like about our life, but the our lives. But the reality is that we have the opportunity to change anything. And that goes back to our previous conversation in the emotional episode <laughs> about the power of prayer and the power of thought. Well, the power of prayer and power of thought influences how our life how our lives can be changed, and it influences um, whether we're we believe in the power of thought and the power of prayer. And in a moment, it could be so hard to just like get out of the circumstances that you're in, but it's temporary. It's not, it's not something permanent. And it's only, it only feels permanent if you don't get up and do something. Right. So, but you can be in a state that you don't like, but you could, you could, you could tell yourself, oh, this is temporary, I'm okay. And you won't see it as like the end of the world or like, I won't see this end of the world. So that, that was one thing that really stuck out to me in chapter seven. And it, there was just so much, so much. I actually, I read it last week and I read it again this week because it was just, it was just so powerful. So that's one of the things. Yes, ma'am. Sister Ava always gives us more than we expect, at least more than I expect in um, chapter, um, page 56 as well, um, you had already said, if we do not like ourselves enough, then um, let us work to correct ourselves. And um, she continued to say, this is work we all must do. She said, a real Muslim woman is able to take care of herself and to satisfy her own needs. And she said, if you don't like the quality or the length of your hair just change it because i know we go back and forth but should i cut it was somebody gonna get upset or he not gonna like it i mean and it's really just that simple if you have skin eruptions or acne or do something about it so in other words whatever it is that you don't like about yourself just change it but you know i had to um i literally had to think about if I had ever been envious of somebody, and I don't know that I have, but I know the, the most harm that I've done to anybody is to myself and to be critical of myself, criticizing what I don't like, this, that, and the other. So um, Sister Ava had me thinking about that and how to, to think better of myself, which is something that I had started doing. And then we had on uh, 57, um, at the bottom, the headaches. She was talking about headaches and how toxic they are. I hadn't even thought about that. Go ahead, sister. Uh, babe. Oh, no, go ahead. I, I wrote that down, too. Go ahead. I'm <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, that just really struck me when she talked about headaches. Not something that I get often, but you just don't think about it. She said, how can we talk to God if we have a headache? And that goes back to us talking about, um, you know, going to a lot in the right spirit. Um, and then she said, if you have a headache, we need to stop eating so much and push back on and push back on people who create undue stress for us. The headache comes from the toxins that are in your system and in our environment. 
I was talking to um, a sister yesterday that was having some issues with her head. And she um, had not had issues with it in five years. And so we talked for a while. And after our conversation, she said, oh, sister, my head feels so much better. I said, yes, ma'am, that's some stress you under. You got to figure out where that stress coming from. And I checked on her again today. It was, um, it was a little better, but she was still having a little issues with it. So I just wanted to mention that when I read about the headaches and the toxins. And she said, remember, it's just the unhealthy to feel. That was another one too. She said, it's unhealthy to feel inferior as it is unhealthy to feel superior to everyone. That was a good one too. Anything else other than um, on 58? I have some I actually, other stuff. I, I wanted to um, add to what you were, what you were just um, referencing in the book about um, having headaches. And I know for me, I used to um, think myself into a headache. Mm. And oh my gosh, praise be to I'm just so glad that I'm not in that space anymore. I would literally just create these scenarios in my mind or um, uh, reference things in the past and just just stay there and think about what did I do? How did I do this? What happened? You know, and just constantly do it until my head would just be throbbing. Mm. And that really goes to what she says, remember it is just as unhealthy to feel inferior. And I looked up the word inferior just to see if it was like, I guess, synonymous with insecure. And I think it is because it says lower in rank I mean, lower in station, rank, degree, or grade, lower in place or position. So to feel low about yourself. And I think that's essentially to feel insecure. Um, so, man, it's just, I didn't know that it was to that, um, like to that degree where you could literally force yourself to be sick. At that time, I didn't know that. I just thought, you know, I was just having some stuff going on. I didn't know some health issues. But to know now that we can literally think ourselves into headaches or think ourselves into stress and sickness, like it just, again, goes back to me being um, really uh, in tune, well, not in tune, but really taking our minds seriously and mental health seriously, because I think that as Black people, and this kind of going off topic, but a lot of us, we don't take that seriously. We don't take mental health seriously. And that is a reason for a lot of our illnesses, because we don't know how to think. So yes, ma'am, I just wanted to add that. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for that. Yeah, I, I know a lot of black people who suffer from migraines and it was interesting because mm -hmm. um i don't know why but serena williams pep popped up on our um feed for black tea and we're not following serena williams or the company that she was promoting but she was saying that the opponent on in the on the tennis field is the person she's playing against in her migraine and a lot of black people not only suffering for headaches, but they're suffering from migraines, which is way worse. And it's really unhealthy. Um, and it's a huge sign. Um, we, we as black people do not pay attention to signs because they start off as headaches. Then they turn into migraines, but we don't pay attention to things until they are so bad. And that's one thing that we have to 
to stop doing. We have to become so in tune with our bodies. But until we become in tune with a lie and in tune with ourselves, then we we can't even notice when something is wrong until something until it's almost too late. And then we're trying to do we're overcompensating. Um, but I wanted to just bring up, go back to what you said, Sister Larez, about um, Sister Ava's statement about a real woman is able to take care of herself and to satisfy her own needs. And, you know, I would just love to hear Sister Ava just bring some balance to the statement. And I know the full context is important around um, if you don't like something about yourself to change it. Um, but I think we as women can take something like that and run with it. And be like, okay, I don't like something. I'm about to, I'm about to take care of all of this. And, <laughs> right. and in this yeah. world, um, like I, just bringing balance to the statement, because in a society where women are unlearning, are um, learning to be independent in this world, like we need to unlearn that. And um, I, of course, I agree with what Sister A was saying. I just don't want anyone to hear that statement and be like, see, that's why I do everything for myself. Yeah, okay. You're going right. to keep doing everything for yourself <laughs> and you're going to be lacking in some areas or probably all areas. So um, just, you know, I just want to say that <laughs> and I don't, I'm not the person to speak on what the balance is on that, but just we shouldn't be trying to do everything ourselves. That's why we are not here to promote that you don't need a man. Right. Right. <laughs> but I don't have anything else for for um chapter seven. Um, are we gonna go ahead and go to chapter eight? Yes, ma'am. We can move on to uh, chapter eight, envy and uncreative qualities. So I I really like that chapter, even like how she ended it off with like a little quiz for yourself. But one of the things that that I like that she said is is um I cannot imagine ever fighting a woman over a man, and that's the same way I am. Like, if if a woman want to do something disrespectful to me, and it got and my my husband is involved, I'm not about to argue with you. Like, my husband is a man, and if he loves me, and if he serious about me then I just feel like he's not gonna disrespect me even if this woman being disrespectful and and if he being disrespectful I'm not about to come I'm not about to come in between he be like hold up mm. I'm, I'm about to go do what I'm about to do and then I'm gonna tell him about himself <laughs> later because then I'm gonna create another problem and then a woman really think she really doing something and you know I just that's just not me and I love what sister Ava said about if her husband ever leave her she said she loved him I don't remember the exact words but basically she said she loved him but that she will she will recover that's what she said and I was like that's right sister Ava that's right and um we have to I just believe that we as women have to know who we are we have to know our value and we have to know that we're the second self of a lie and I feel the same way I love my husband, but if he want to leave me, okay. <laughs> that mean, what's for me is meant to be. And what ain't for me, it ain't for me. And I would just have to accept it. And I'm not going to lie and say I wouldn't be hurt. But um, that's where we really have to have that intimate relationship with Allah. And be like, okay, Allah, you got something else for me. And 
whatever was here in this marriage, I served my time. I'm not promoting divorce <laughs> or anything like that. I'm just saying um, for the context that Sister Ava said about fighting over a man, um, I just think it's just really foolish. And I, I just, it's not worth it to me. Do we fight yes. over a lie? <laughs> I just have to say that. <laughs> So I wanted to say, um, <laughs> praise be to a lot, first of all, but um, I was that 14 year old, except I was not 14 and I didn't kill nobody, but I had these thoughts. I, I was just crazy, you know, just all hurt and everything like that. And when I think about what she said, she said, I think the most self-deprecating act any female can engage in is to verbally or a lot forbid physically fight another female when the man is choosing to involve himself with another woman. Now at that time, of course, I was, like I said, I was a 14 year old, but looking back on that, I'm like, but not even looking back on it after, after years of it happening, but I felt really low, like just just felt terrible about myself like why would I do that you know you we hear things about this all the time and we say oh well if I well me I did this if I was that if I was a woman I would never fight over no man yada 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 this 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 but me when it was like yo my heart is on the line like I love you I'm making all of these decisions and choices and sacrifices and then you got the nerve to go and like somebody else like this not about to happen so it was all emotional of course but at the end of the day I ended up suffering because I hurt myself by doing that. It, just like she said, I love my husband. And if my husband were to leave me or if he did something or I learned of something to make me have to leave him, that part was not even in my mind. I'm just like, no, this nobody leaving nobody here. We about to make this thing work. But like you said, Sister Destiny, she said that, but I know I will recover. And at that point in time, I feel like I can't recover without, without you. So you need to be here to help me to get over this that you did. And, it, and thinking about it now, I was like, this, this, this makes no sense. But man, I went there and I'm, I'm just grateful that, I'm grateful that I did experience it because now I can, I can actually help somebody else who may have gone through this or is going through it or something like that. Like she said, it isn't, or like you said, it's not worth it. It's really not because the only person you are hurting at the end of the day is yourself. We can't control what another person does, but we can control our reactions to a situation. And that is the most powerful thing I have heard this year. Like I can't control you, but I can control me. And yeah, it's going to hurt if you experience that, but it's not going to last forever. And I think that for me, at least, I felt like that pain was just something I was going to deal with for the rest of my life. But now it's like, oh, no, now I can I can actually talk about it and be like, oh, girl, I was acting crazy. I was, you know, <laughs> but whereas at that time, sister wasn't going to be talking about it. I was ready to fight, do all type of things. So, yes, ma'am, um, that was really uh, powerful that she said that. And I think that a lot of our sisters really need to understand that in in the nation, outside of the nation, just women, period, like you cannot be mad at the other woman if your spouse your husband your man whoever the if he chose to get another woman involved your your problem is not with the other woman it is with the man because he allowed that so you have to reevaluate the situation you i don't and i don't know why we do that like why am i going to get mad at this woman like she she a woman like me and she, she she's a natural woman obviously she like a man so 
it's, it's just it's just really crazy um, when you think about it. But this is when it comes to rising above our emotions. We cannot be emotional all of the time because your emotions can get you killed, truly, or have you in jail for the rest of your life. But I'm get off my soapbox now. <laughs> yes, ma'am. And Sister Ava said, "Envy is an emotion." Uh, she said, "Brother Jabril Muhammad writes, envy is an emotion that is directed towards another." Without the other, a target, a victim, envy cannot happen. It, it won't even exist. Um, so I thought that was interesting too. And this is uh, moving on 61, 62, 63. Did you I have anything on 63? You said, unlike other emotions, um, envy, as Brother Jabril notes, has not, no redeeming qualities. There's no upside to it. So you really wasting your time. <laughs> You're not going to get any kind of benefit out of that at all. Um, what um, I just wanted to add on page 62 where she says, um, you are a woman. You cannot be a woman if you are an envier because mm -hmm. a woman is the embodiment of love, kindness, charity, sympathy. She carries and sustains life itself. Honey, that, <laughs> you can't be a woman if you are an envier. That's just like, wow. So I'm totally outside of my nature if I'm envious of another woman or whatever the case may be. You're not even, you're not even living in your nature as a woman. That's 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 something to really think about. And that goes back to what Brother Jabril said in chapter six. He he called an unloving woman a drag uh well sister david said when brother jabril calls an unloving woman a drag it means she pulls the community down because we're literally carrying life like you just read sister faith and not only that but like we are responsible for the nation we are responsible i mean it's just heavy every time we start talking about that every time we start thinking about it about that it's just heavy like we literally are responsible for that. And then when Brother Jabril says, not even thinking about like just the community, but there was another statement about the black man. What did they say about Sister Ava or either Brother Jabril said that we killed a black man something? I was like, what? Yes, it's, on, it's on page um, 62, at, 62 the at the bottom. He said, black men are dying like flies today because their heaven, which can mm -hmm. only be found in the female, has become a burning hell. Yeah, and it's like, I don't want to be a burning hell to nobody. Right, right. <laughs> I don't, not, not only that, but it's also like, where there are no decent- Yeah, women. Women, there are no decent men. So it's like, some of it is because the man has devalued us. But that's why we as women, as a foundation, something to ground us. If we were so grounded in our relationship with Allah, we won't, we wouldn't, from my understanding of reading this, is we wouldn't allow a man to devalue right. us. When we notice that we would we would leave. We would remove ourselves from a situation like that. 
But not only that, we will be so grounded in who we are that that man will be fearful of doing that because he recognizes God in us. So though that's something that comes to my mind because it's really, it's our responsibility to make sure that man respects us at all times. Even though that man should look at us and should automatically respect us and he should recognize our value and he should remember that we we are the second self of a lie we are the co-creator with a lie but that man will test us and so we have to be so grounded and we have to we have to be able to to check him respectfully like sister sharifa used to be used to used to be she used to say it say things so sweet like when the um male and female relationship series but she'll tell her husband something like when he came through the door it's public so I can say it. Um, he would come to the door with all that FOI business and all that stuff on his mind and he come in there fussing and she was told him to, she basically told him to leave, to leave and come back in and try this again. And we came, he said from that day forward, he never came in the house like that again. I hope I can find it on, on Facebook so we could put it in here, but it's it's our nature. I think we talked about that in a, in a previous episode about yelling. But even when it's not, if we're not yelling, it's just our feminine nature. If we can be so feminine at all times, it'll bring that man down a little bit. Like my husband, he likes to tell me. Hopefully he'll watch this episode. He ain't been watching it, so. He, he said, I'm too soft. I said, no, you're not. But we supposed to make the man soft for us. Not for everybody else, but for us. So, um, Yeah. <laughs> that's right i know um my uh before i came into the teachings um i sort of like got steered into the nation through a brother he wasn't active though but the more i learned about myself and the lie i'm like wait a minute well they ain't treating a sister right <laughs> you know <laughs> but I didn't say anything you know I just let it go until because a lot gonna pull on you now he gonna pull on your spirit and let you know and that's what he started doing for me he started pulling on my spirit like okay you gotta you got a decision to make and um one day I asked him what is your intentions with me I want to get married he said he wasn't ready for marriage. I said, why? Well, it's a rap thing. Best decision I ever made. I felt so good letting him know, you no longer have access to me. That was so beautiful for me. And I stood strong by it. And he did not disrespect my decision. Praise be to Allah. Yes, ma'am. So we have that power. We definitely have the power. We just got to choose to use it. That's right. I did that before too with a brother. We were working on something together. We was working as a group together, but then he started messaging me and calling me separately. And it, it was just okay at first. And then I was like, mm -hmm. okay, hold up now. You're going to call me again. The, the, we didn't talk about the work anymore. So I was like, what are your intentions? And we got off the phone. He he didn't even answer the question. I don't remember what he said. Basically, mm -hmm. he was just like, you know, I'm just, I don't know. I don't even remember what he said, but it was garbage, whatever he said. 
and it wasn't that that he wanted anything like serious so i'm just like why am i not then why are you calling me and that was the last time we talked so that question sister lorette is so powerful because then really a, man, a man would be like oh i can't just like you said i don't have access to her she's not just going to be talking freely talking to me even if it is um I'm trying to think of, of the, not pure, but trying to think of the word for that men try, they try something with you, even if it's not like, they're not asking you anything inappropriate, it's, it's like a little, innocent. yeah, even though, even if it seems innocent, we have to be very cautious of that, because a man know what they doing, a man knows that they cannot just willing openly talk to a woman not a woman of god and so when you ask that question right off the back the man is going to respect that if he respects god he gonna like oh wait i am wrong they're gonna try it with somebody else but but it ain't gonna be you exactly and then you and and we read we both reading from the same book so all i have to say is well i belong to a lie you can't handle me like that no more that's you know, right. So I was just, I was just, um, I was really glad too that he respected that because that meant that we weren't going to lose our friendship. We just weren't going to have, you know, nothing else to do with each other on that level. So all praise is due to a lie. Yeah. So it's important to let um, let a brother know up front. You know, you what ask him. You know, let him know up front that you're not going to deal with just any old thing. And it matters. I mean, it really made a difference when I started getting the teachings and learning about God and learning about myself and how valuable I am. So I'm just grateful that Allah gave me the strength to approach him because, you know, sometimes that, well, I don't want him to leave, <laughs> you know. Or make a mad or something like that. So yes, ma'am. And why do we, we do that? I'm sorry, <laughs> but like because we care about others more than we care about ourselves. That, but but the question that you posed about I don't want him to leave. I don't think that's caring about him. I think that's us not knowing our worth, right? And thinking that Allah is not going to give us something better. Like th right, this all right. this all God got for me right <laughs> like really you think a lot can't give you better you think you can't be straight up with a man and like I, I i need more right either we working towards marriage or we not or we not communicating at all and i i just think i just think that just comes from a place of not knowing our worth and thinking that this is it like we we just willing to settle god ain't got better for me but I also want to say too, sometimes, sometimes we be all up here when we not there. Like, mm -hmm. like we be like, I won't, you know how brothers be like, I want a Khadijah. And then we be like, well, are you Farrakhan? <laughs> but sometimes we, I'm not going to say we be like, we want Farrakhan because we not looking for one. 
I'm not trying to find the honorable Mr. Lewis Fox. <laughs> and it's not because there's say, a whole lot that comes with the minister. There's a there's a lot. And would I be ready for that? Am I can I be any half of the woman? Half. Just can I be half of the woman that Mother Khadijah is mm-hmm. and that she was for the, for what she had to do back then. So um I, there's some balance to that. Like I'm not gonna settle, but I'm not gonna be all up here either. I'm gonna be we get what we're ready for and right. sometimes we ask for things that we're not ready for and then we'd be having to grow up real fast be like okay hold up i didn't even know a lot that it was gonna look like this so um there's there's some balance to that and that's why we all, always have to be in a state of working on ourselves and Absolutely. i wanted to touch on that real quick since the destiny um like when we like some of us, when we say, "Oh, I want Mother Khadija," or "I want somebody like the Honorable Mrs. Lewis Farrakhan," they have been together for years, <laughs> long before Sister was born. But what I'm saying is, they worked to get to where they are now. Like a lot of us, we just be like, "Oh, I just, I just want to instantaneously like this microwave generation." No, it's not going to happen like that. Like. First of all, you have to, she probably, or he probably wants you to be a certain way, but y'all have to be willing to work together in order to get there because it's not just going to happen that, that fast like that. So man, that's, that's really um, important for us to keep in mind. Like, yeah, you may want something, you may have these expectations and your expectations may not be, um, I mean, may be realistic, but you just have to be willing to go through and weather the storm in order to get there that's right right that's right and do we really want what somebody else has i don't i want what a lot has for me personally that's right i don't want nothing nobody else has because i don't i don't see myself um taking somebody else's journey you know trying to do whatever it is a lot has for them no give me what's mine that's how i see it that's right and I think that goes to um, part of what was mentioned, you know, in the chapter. We wouldn't be envious of one another if we just accept our own our be ourselves, if we right. just focus on who we are. So I think that's just so important. But um, yeah, so I think one of the statements that Sister Ava said on six, page 66, I didn't write the full statement down in my notes, but she said, happiness is impossible if you can't envy yourself, which led to her then getting to then we then we envy people. And it's just like, it, it's so true. And I kept reflecting on that when we were on um, hypocrisy and conspiracy in, in the study guide. Um, I was just thinking like, if everybody just stay in their own role, in their own lane, if Joseph Brothers stood in their own lane, if if Cain stood in his own lane and just realized that his who his brother was and that his brother was being an example for him and like we just we would just be in a better condition. We but we so focused on everybody else. So um, I think. I think that's it for me. I, I, I'm here to listen to anything else y'all said. And uh, this doesn't tie into what we're saying right now. But I think this is so important about what Sister Ava said. Um, on pay, this goes back to chapter seven. She said, he never experienced fatigue, talking about a lie. And when I read that, I was like, whoa, 
<laughs> but I think that ties in too into accepting your own and being yourself. I don't think we will be experiencing so much fatigue if we were just happy with ourselves. Yes, we get in a state of where we're tired. Um, and I'm about to look up the definition to fatigue. And um, it's, on, it's on page 57, Sister Destiny. The definition is there too? Oh, no, ma'am. Just the sentence you were talking about. Oh, yes, ma'am. Fatigue is weariness from bodily or mental exertion. So it's like, I don't think we will be overexerting ourselves. I think we overexerting ourselves from focusing on everybody else. Right. Or, or having being in a state of self-pity where we're down on ourselves. But instead, if we just do the things that we're supposed to do or that truly make us makes us happy, that we wouldn't be in a state of fatigue. A lot, a lot is and was when he was creating this universe, he was always working. Always. And if he needed some help, he he made he did some work to get mm-hmm. a companion. Yes. So um yeah. Sister Ava said on page 66, he said the self we refuse to live revenges itself what turns on us and makes us miserable the self turns on self then we envy people who are really living themselves come on sister Ava to me, that sounds like mental torture. Like it the person who you really, the person who you really want to be, or the person who you really are, but you putting on this facade and you pretending to be somebody else. You that is that just sounds like mental torture. And it, um, man, oh, y'all done said some stuff. I was trying to keep up, but um, Sister Destiny, when you mentioned uh, a lot being um, never experiencing fatigue on page 57, that's when she says, and I have wanted to uh, mention this, true health is more than just the absence of sickness. It is vitality as in the sun that the first God made all by himself. And when I looked up vitality, um, it's exuberant physical strength or mental vigor, and vigor is active strength or force, healthy physical or mental energy. So all of that just ties right on in together like (laughs) be yourself accept your own and be yourself if you don't you're going to be tortured and then she says on um she actually said a right one writer says so i'm not sure uh who was the writer that she was referring to that said that but um i would like to know um so i can read that but it's on page darn it um i don't remember the page where it's on but Yes, ma'am. That's okay. I don't remember where it is. It'll probably come back to me. If not, just one minute. It was just meant for me at that time. <laughs> Page 66, and I think this is what Sister Larez is reading in the second paragraph. She said one writer described. She didn't mention the writer. She just said one writer. I think, though, that maybe she could have potentially been talking about the earlier article that she was mentioning about envy and about what happens in the community. Um, when she was talking about the article in Chicago with the um, with the two girls fighting over a man, I think that's what she's talking about for um, because it's all in the same chapter. Yes, ma'am. Um, but yes, ma'am. But what I was um, getting at, it's on page 67 where she says, do we want to go to war with a law? Now, 
to me, when I uh, when I highlighted that, I'm just like, what does that look like going to war with a lot? Like internally, externally, both. Just how does that look when when we not really living in our truth, like a hundred percent? What does that look like? I just feel like it just looks like mental hell and everything. Um, I believe in she says somewhere. I don't know. I I don't know, but. Um, your 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 mental state is a ref, no your physical condition or something like that is a reflection of where you are mentally y'all know what i'm talking about yeah she mentioned that in chapter nine okay yes ma'am so that with that being you know a reality it's like okay so if i'm not accepting my own and being myself if i'm just constantly rejecting the god within then i'm going to constantly be in hell i'm going to constantly be at war with a lie because i'm not doing what i know that i'm supposed to do so this this book is praise be to about it. Dr. Ava, you go girl. I'm sorry. Yes. And then, and then that other the other aspect of that war in my mind is that you're going to go to war with a lot envying somebody else's gift that he gave them. So that to me is another another aspect of going to war that she says um the hatred that the envier feels knowingly or unknowingly. I was going to ask that question too. And she answered it. Does somebody envy and don't know they envying? Extends to the giver of gifts, the grantor of, of benefits, the bestower of favor. Allah God, since the envier cannot climb up to the heavens to the grantor of gifts and benefits, his and or her anger is focused on the recipient of the divine favor. So they know they can't, you know, go up there and have it out with a lie. So they go into some kind of war with the person that received the gift. I do not want to be an envier or a lie. Going back to what Sister Faith said, um, The way I see going to war with a lot, I do see it in the way that Sister Larez just said, but I also, we, before you go to war with a lot, you go to war with yourself. We go to war with ourselves every day. Mm -hmm. the, the first part of the war is, are we going to wake up for Fajr prayer? That's the first, that's the first struggle right there. That's the, that's the war. Are you going to get up today? Which God you gonna serve? Which God you gonna praise today? That sleep God? That's gonna be the first God you praise or you gonna get up? Um, and then after that, we going to war with ourselves all day. Are you, okay, I'm gonna eat one meal a day or I'm gonna do this. I'm, you know, it's just, it's a lot of different ways we can go to war with self. The ways we go to war with a lot, and one of the ways is how Sister Larissa just said it, focusing on envying somebody else, which means that you mad at God and, but then you it's not just that you mad at God for the gift that he gave somebody else. You mad at God because you're in a state of ingratitude and you don't appreciate the gift that God gave you. Um, and I think other ways we go at war with the law is when we be, when we're in direct disobedience, when we willingly sin, like the minister said in the criterion. Um, I think that's another way when we get in a place of being at war with a lot because it's like 
you hear a lie in your mind, but you more in tune with this voice over here on the left side, that devil in you. So I think that that's another um, way of being at war with a lie. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Anything else we want to share? I don't have anything else. <laughs> Yes, ma'am. And at the end of chapter eight, um, Sister Ava said, accept your own and be yourself. So we can go on to our next segment. Yes, ma'am. So our next portion is courting a lie, God, and we need to continue doing that after all that conversation about <laughs> um envy talk and self-hatred and going to war with self and a lie so today i know our podcast already getting a little long um but today i had three questions for us and i think it, it doesn't have to be a long-winded answer but whatever you really have on your heart to share um and of course as always it don't have to be your full answer because a lot of times we have these conversations and we talk about it more later or we just reflect internally reflecting on our own so i just wanted to raise these questions from our previous episode with onyeman um one of the questions that sister faith brought up and then questions that came to mind after reading these chapters in naturally beautiful so um that being said, we have the that's where the mix is coming from. So I want us to explore the feminine side of our relationship to Allah. So the questions are, as a woman, what does our relationship with Allah God look like? What does it personally mean to accept your own and be yourself? And what is your signature? And what are you creating? So Sister Ava, she talked about, there was a sentence in, in this, I don't remember what page is on, just in case you want to reference it, I can find the page number. But but this is mentioned in what we just read. Um, so I'll say it again. As a woman, what does our relationship with a lot God look like? What does it personally mean to accept your own and be yourself? And what is your signature and what are you creating? Well, I'll just go right ahead my um, answers are going to be kind of short the third question in terms of the signature and what am i create um he said what are we creating what are we creating okay so I, i'm not answering that one <laughs> because i have to really focus on that in terms of my relationship um with a lot what does my relationship with a lot look like at this present moment my relationship with a lot is um it's not, it's not, it's not quite good. I'll just say it like that. Um, a sister is struggling. A sister is struggling in, in her duties and her um, <clears throat> obligations. Yes, obligations to Allah. Um, and really, our, our podcast from last week um, with Oyeman, I said it right? I said it right that time. I said it right. I said it, I said it right. Oyeman. Oyeman. Okay. Oyeman. <laughs> uh, so that podcast, like, I'm still not over that that podcast, the the questions, the answers, everything. Like I'm still not over that. And the main thing that's really sticking out to me or that's really been in my mind is when um actually two things. 
um, how can I give people access to me and I don't have access to me that that was just that just really just blew my mind and then when he says uh, when he said in the morning uh, he analyzes his thoughts and we don't really do that like we don't we don't really take time to analyze what a lot put on our mind at night because we act like a lot don't you know, um, write stuff on our mind at night. And I haven't really, um, I haven't really been analyzing it, but the question is still, the question and the comment is really just still in my mind. So right now I'm just to be honest, my relationship with sister is struggling on her end. And um, you said, what does accept your own and be yourself look like? What like, does it personally mean to you? Oh, what does it personally mean to accept your own and be yourself? Hmm. I think I'm not really sure about that because coming into, you know, coming into the nation and getting a whole new understanding of what it means to be a woman, first of all, coming into the classroom, not as a woman, but as a girl, that's something that's just like, uh, what? So really you telling me that everything that I know, I don't know anything and I need to come in here with a new, with with a sponge mind and be malleable and learn all of this stuff. So there's still a little bit of a war going on in terms of that. So accepting my own and being myself, what does that look like? I'm still, honestly, I'm just still trying to figure that out because like growing up, um, my mom, my mom was not feminine and she's still not, she's not a feminine woman. And that sounds kind of weird because especially now with knowing that, you know, knowing the teachings, but she's not feminine. And I grew up that way. I wasn't, I wasn't feminine. I was really um, tomboyish, you know, took on more masculine type, um, uh, roles or qualities, whatever you want to call it, or what, what I thought a boy would be. Um, and just, you know, so really, um, I'm still, I guess, fighting that in a sense and really trying to figure out what, what that even looks like for me. So right now it's just a battle for me trying to come into that, um, come into myself and get rid of the, because my mom said she wanted us to be independent and she wanted to raise us like boys and she did. So just trying to really um, decipher between what's, what are my thoughts, what are thoughts that my mom put in me and what was right and what I want to accept and be. So it's just a challenge. That's the best way I can answer those questions, Sister Destiny. <laughs> no, that's fine. And that's part of accepting your own to being so truly saying where you are and it's okay. The only thing I would say is if you want to accept or try to figure out what's right, don't put in quotation marks. Because then you're putting out in the universe like that it can come in an illusion. And right, you want to attract everything that's right, not that's like right with a question mark. Like you, because you have lots of questions already. Definitely. So you want to attract and receive what's right. And so when you hear, you'll recognize it as that's right. This is the truth. And I just want to say something. Sister Ava on page 65, she said, we can change spiritual patterns just like eating patterns. So I know she's talking about, she, she's mm-hmm. using the eating patterns as food. But with the, with the part that you just said about what your mom said, we can also change the patterns of our thinking. So um, just something mm-hmm. to keep in mind because this, we all can got stories about our mamas, what our mamas done put on us. <laughs> and it's okay because it's, it's, 
is going to help us become better people. That's right. That's right. I just wanted to add this, Sister Larissa. I'm sorry, just before you answer the question, this is why um, I believe we mentioned it on episode six about being like a period of time where we have to be alone. I think that was episode six. Y'all remember which one? It definitely was episode six, I don't think, because that was just Sister Larissa and I. Okay, that's five. I don't know, but one episode where we discussed being alone. And I was going to say, this is why, like, I know for sure it is imperative for us to be alone, like, for a certain period of time so that we, I would say, preferably before getting married. Because we're going through all these things and, you know, if you haven't sorted out certain things from your childhood, if you haven't really gotten to being, being okay with who you are as a person, you have all of that going on. And then you have another person coming in with their thoughts and their opinions. And then it's just, it comes together. And I, th- I don't know how it is for men, but I know for me, like as a woman, it's like, I have all of these different thoughts and I don't know, I don't know what are my thoughts. I, I just don't know. I'm just so confused. And I'm really just trying to figure out, man, what is the best decision for me? Like taking out what everybody else's opinion is and all of this stuff or what I think a wife is supposed to be, what I think this is supposed to look like, what I think I'm supposed to look like based off of, you know, my past and what my parents may have said. I really think it is imperative for us to know ourselves first and then be able to like be solid in who we are and then take on you know someone else so that we won't have I I don't like I said I don't know how it is for men but for women I think that it's really important for us to do that because we'll look up I'm speaking for me I'll look up and I'm be 50 and be like well baby I got it now and I I, I don't I don't want to be like that so okay yes ma'am I'm sorry sister I'm sorry sister just one more thing sister Faye yes yes and no because I sat with myself, I I had lots of conversations with myself about how I was raised by both of my parents. Mm-hmm. I had lots of conversations about myself, about growing up in Texas, growing up in Chicago, very different circumstances, all of this. And you can do all of that while you're alone and you think, not while you're alone, but while you're single, and you could do all of that, and you can be in a great space, but when you get married, those things come back up. Mm-hmm. Things that your husband say start triggering you, and you're like, wait, where did this come from? You don't even know where it came from, or you like, I thought I dealt with that, and mm-hmm. so um, I just want to say that I'm starting to understand a little bit more about why marriage is half of faith because a lot is showing you more yourself and your husband, your spouse is your mirror. So a lot of stuff is going to come up and you're constantly battling the inner child in you. So yes, that work, what you're saying is absolutely true, but there's a, there's a whole nother side to stuff going to come up and you just gonna be like, and you gonna see another side of yourself that you didn't think that was in you. It's some ugly stuff gonna come out. And so I just also wanna bring out like, it doesn't, you're gonna do all the work for yourself, but you're gonna have a 10 times more work to do when you get married on all the things you thought you already deal with because it's, it's manifesting in a different way. So I just wanted to bring that up because no, I agree. that's not talked about a lot publicly, but, um, it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. 
all praises due to Allah. I think we're done right now. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Uh, when you said that, you know, you while you busy working on yourself, you think you got, you know, all of that taken care of. And then when you get married, it comes up and you're like, wait a minute. So I'm thinking now you got to readjust some things that you already thought you took care of. Is that what you're saying, Sister Destiny? Exactly. And mm -hmm. at first I really thought that it was just me. But this is also why married people need to stop trying to deal with their married problems by themselves. Mm -hmm. As I began to talk to other married women, uh, some some married women would still be like, oh, everything's fine. Okay, keep acting like everything's fine. <laughs> but when you start talking to other women, they confirm it. And it makes you feel like you're not crazy. And it makes you feel like, oh, okay, then I could, I could still, I still got something to work on here. This marriage can last. Um, so yes, and I, I just bring up the point about other married women have confirmed, confirmed that because I think it's important for us to stop trying to do the married thing alone. Stop trying to be all these things in your mind. Go, go get some therapy for yourself. Go get some marital counseling for you too. And talk to some married women who are really striving in their marriage, who wants to make it work. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for sharing that. Can you, um, oh, the first question was, how does your relationship look with the law? Yeah, so I will I will say them again because I know okay. we didn't went somewhere else. <laughs> As a woman, what does our relationship with Allah God look like? What does it personally mean to accept your own and be yourself? What is your signature and what are you creating? And Sister Ava said um, in here, the reason why the signature came up, our signature is our creativity. Um I think I I think I look at my relationship with the law like um, like a daughter and a father. I think sometimes I go to him like, okay, now you know I need your help, or I really really appreciate you. I'm I'm really just starting to learn how to to talk to a lot during prayer, and not it just be a mundane prayer. But I'm really learning how to to talk to him. So I think my relationship to me right now looks like um, daughter and father. And it's so comforting. Um, the other question was, accept your own and be yourself. What does now, it personally mean? Yes. Yeah, for me. Now that has changed for me because coming in, when I first came in and heard those words, um, for me, then it was accept um, your own religion and um, and be yourself in the religion that you've accepted. And then after I grew a little bit, it was um, be yourself, be, be who you are, be who Allah created you to be. And I'm like, oh, okay, so I could just be me. You know, I don't have to have any um, boundaries or um, barriers or people saying, well, no, you can't do, no, 
I can be myself. A lot said that I can. <laughs> so that's what um, accept your own and be yourself is for me personally. And and I think it's going to gradually change, you know, as we get deeper into the knowledge of what we've accepted and who we are becoming because we've not stopped growing. And then that signature part. Well, the other day, a lot told me you are not living up to your full potential. And I was like, what? I wasn't shocked by that. I knew that to be true. But, you know, sometimes we just need that little extra push. So my signature, I think now is, is that I'm comfortable and confident in who I am and what I've accepted as my religion. As um, being close to a lot, I think right now that's my signature, but that too is gonna change because I'm learning a little bit more about myself every day. Yes, ma'am. That's beautiful, Sister Larez. I like what you said about how you first took accept your own to be yourself. And I would say that's how I took it at first too. It's like, okay, this is all about accepting my people, accept my own people, accept the religion, all of that. And I, I did see it like that too. And I had a similar shift like you. Oh, wait, I need to be myself in this in the nation of Islam. And um, I felt free on the religion part, but then I felt a whole different type of freedom when I was like, oh, I could still be destiny. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, I think it clicked for me like that too. Um, I really wanted to bring up the first question because Sister Faith raised it, um, but honestly, I'm still reflecting on it. Like, what does my relationship look like? And I'm not trying to say like, in comparison to my husband's but um and the only reason why I just brought up my husband is because as I think about us becoming one and I and as I think about how we interact with one another it just made me think well what what are our relationships with Allah in our own um masculine and feminine energy and how does that relate to how we interact with one another and how does that relate to how our marriage is being reflected so um it's a question I'm still thinking about but I just wanted us to think about it some more but one of the things that I'm thinking about is um what does it really mean to be a co-creator with God and not on the surface level not like uh, you know preparing a to bring to give birth to a god like we know that <clears throat> but what does it really mean to give birth to a god what does it really mean to be a co-creator and what does it mean to be a co-creator outside of giving birth to a god a child a physical child but what does it mean to give birth to the project that god put within you the what does it mean to live in your purpose and really see that being manifested as a woman and um 
man, I want everybody to like enroll in the Supreme Wisdom class. I can't wait to, uh, I'm only in the orientation class. <laughs> that has been going on for two months, but I, I don't even know what it's going to look like beyond the orientation class. But when I see the way the, um, I'm, I'm, I was about to say founder, but after attending um, Brother Ben and Brother Jake Taylor Jacobs um, business boot camp, Brother Jake said, I am not the founder. He's talking about his business. I am not the founder. I am the CEO. God is the founder. It made me think about anything in my life that I do and how, you know, you might want to be like, I'm the founder. You didn't found this god put that in you and you just doing it and i was like wow that's like really deep and like <laughs> who am i to say i did this but um i forgot what i was just saying oh but sister deborah so um i was about to call her the founder that's why i kind of paused but um the founder is master fry muhammad but how she's really taken the supreme wisdom lessons and broken it down into curriculum like going back to our signatures our creativity like y'all if I could just share a little bit more because I really haven't shared it with y'all but like literally she has taken this into lesson plans and it just has opened my mind more into what Master Fire Muhammad gave us with the supreme wisdom this is not just something we recite and it's not just it's not just what we see when we read it. It's it's literally everyday life. But I and I I felt like I saw that on a very small scale, but this class has just it it's unlocking keys for me, like the supreme wisdom is supposed to do. And so I said that to say my signature, I don't know what my signature is yet. I would like to think that it's um mothering mamas. Um, and what I mean by that is like the word doula always get thrown out there, but I, I also see a lot of doulas just focus on getting the babies out of the mommy, but like who's really like taking care of the mommies after the mama has the baby. And I'm not just talking about feeding her. I mean, like who's really helping the mommy mentally. So I feel like that's going to really be my signature. Um, and I, the creativity part for me is going to be the supreme wisdom, finding out how to bring that, incorporate that into my work. So I'm still reflecting on all of that, but that's what um, I've just been kind of thinking over. Are you listening to The Final Car Radio? You should be listening to The Final Car Radio where you will be able to hear the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan deliver an uncompromising truth 24 hours a day. Please listen to the Final Call Radio. Okay, so for maintaining peace, just one question. Um, since we had um, our first brother on, um, Brother Ogiman or Ogiman, <laughs> since we had him on for the first guest, as a first guest, what is it like to hear a brother be passionate about the teachings of the most honorable Elijah Muhammad? Because we are in an MGT class and we see brothers on the rostrum or on social media. Um, but like, what does it really mean? Like when you get to see um, brothers um, really like loving the teachings? I thought now, when I said I was excited 
about having him as a guest. That was some real, real. Because I know the brothers come with a different perspective, a different energy. I mean, just a whole nother side of the teaching. And, and I actually thought about marriage. That caused me to think about marriage and how that balance comes into play. Um, and how you can see that it's one half of faith and how you all balance each other out in a marriage. So it, it for me, it was phenomenal. I loved the dialogue with him. He gave you a different, um, a different side of the teachings because you can see it one way and not see it another way. So I thought that was beautiful. I thought the whole, the whole conversation um, that he shared with us was phenomenal. I really, really did. And it's, it's refreshing to see that um, my potential husband going to be like that or going to have some, <laughs> you know, are going to, you know, because because when you when you want, you know, that mate that a lot has for you, and I and I don't and I know I don't even have to question, you know, the person that a lot has for me. I know they're gonna be that right person, but I just wanna, you know, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yes, ma'am. For me, I would say that it was really rewarding, it was needed, and it uh from considering our previous episode and then transitioning to that episode, it was like balance. Like he provided another perspective. And like I say, I feel like it was needed because like similar to Sister Larez, um, the brothers, they think totally, we just think totally different, male and female. We think totally different. And I really appreciate um, having the male's perspective on the teachings because it's like, oh, I never even looked at it that way. Like Sister Larissa, I never even looked, first of all, I never even thought to look at it that way. So it does create some type of a balance. And I can also see how it is, um, how, you know, marriage is one half of our faith because we we have this type of a mind and then here comes someone else with this type of a mind. But both of these minds are necessary in order to create balance to become the one who has both of those minds. So, um, yeah, I really enjoyed him being on the show. And um, it was, like I said, I'm still thinking about a lot of stuff that he said, but that access, that that's the one that really got to me. Um, but yes, ma'am, I'm, I'm glad that he was on the show. So it was it was good. Yes, the, other, the other part of that, Sister Destiny, if I may, um, I really liked how he handled us. The brother was handling us. I don't know if we if we noticed that. He was and and it was tender. <laughs> he handled us in a tender way. He wasn't all, you know, rough and you know, trying to throw his power around, which we know he already has, but he was I really appreciated how he handled us as well. He was so gentle with us, respectful, all of that. Please give him the greeting for me. Yes, ma'am, I will. <laughs> that, that's a really good point, Sister Larez, because we could bring a brother on here and then just like uh -oh. that authority that we were talking about, mm -hmm. he just feels so superior and like, you know, but he, he, yeah, he was being gentle with us and he was listening to us. But honestly, I wasn't asking about 
Oh, my husband. I was asking just in general, like, what is it like when we hear a brother? But y'all still answered it, but I just wanted y'all to know my intentions was not about um was not about Khalil. But um I I really love hearing I really love when we could talk about something and get a, a man's perspective as well, because like you said, we we think different. But also um that's one thing that I really liked about student ministry class because it wasn't it wasn't separate. You can see the balances. It's just like, wow. And you get to hear multiple brothers, multiple sisters, and it's like, oh, I didn't that didn't even cross my mind. And to me, it just shows you really a lot. It shows you his thinking. Um, and I feel like we learn a lot about ourselves, even when the man is speaking, if we really just take the time to just listen and and be appreciative of of our different natures um so yeah thank y'all for sharing and that completes maintaining peace oh and I want to say that because when we truly respect one another in our roles and our masculine feminine energy that is what's going to bring us peace to ourselves because sometimes we can um, I think I think it was brought up on the IG live about um, you the the first question you asked is the faith. I don't remember the exact question, but basically the response was one who is not competing with me, like a fit, like a woman is not competing. A woman's nature, a woman's nature isn't doesn't. Well, I know it's something about. <laughs> yeah. So I think what you what you were just saying, a woman's nature does not compete you know, with, with the, with the masculine injury or, or however it was worded. But I think if we truly see that we're not competing with one another, but that goes back to accepting your only being yourself, then it could truly bring harmony and peace. And that's why I asked the question for maintaining peace. So come on, sis. Alrighty now. So, um, I just wanted to tell you the quote. It is, a woman is supposed to compliment a man's nature, not compete with it. Mm. Um, but okay, come on, sis. Now, so for this one, I really, um, I was inspired by Naturally Beautiful for these, really for both of my segments, come on, sis, and self-care. So my question is, and it's, it can, it, it, it's not a yes or no question, but are we honest with ourselves? Like flat out, are we honest with ourselves in every sense of the word? Are we honest with ourselves as women? Considering um, what Sister Dr. Ava said in terms of us being envious of one another, or even if it's okay, you know, our spouse may have told us something about ourselves and we just totally reject it and we're like, you know what? No, I'm not going to even consider what you're saying, even though this person is with me all the time. I'm not going to consider what you're saying, or whatever the case may be, as women people really but as women can we be honest with ourselves and are we <laughs> I think I'm pretty honest with myself and that takes time it's not something you know that happens overnight you you learn to be uh honest with yourself I think the closer you get to a lot because you've got to be honest with him you know you can't go to him um not being truthful he knows the truth so I think the best thing to do is to be honest with yourself and um sometimes it's not easy but it has to be done so 
since I've been in Georgia, I was not honest with myself because I wasn't happy. I was really trying to be happy, but I wasn't happy. Um, and then when I started being honest about me not being happy, I still, it was like I was just overcompensating um, for some happiness. <laughs> and so like in a state like that, you can't, you're not being honest with yourself. And this is why, and I know some people don't agree with me, but this is why I say I need to, to soak in spilled milk because I think that is our problem as Black people. We so quick to try to be like, I'm good, but you're not good. And you're not, go you're not going to be good until you just sit with yourself for a moment no matter how uncomfortable it get because if you really sit in some way it's nasty it's, it's gonna stink and ain't gonna feel good but i think some not i think i know that sometimes you just have to sit with yourself and you just have to be honest and i feel like i was trying to be honest with myself but i was trying to make it appear that i was good on the outside so that's what made it conflicting and that's what made it me not be honest with myself like I knew before I moved to Chicago I said I wasn't gonna be in student ministry I wasn't gonna do that and I didn't want to do that but then I was told to come to student ministry class and I'm and I I accepted that so and I'm using it as an example but I accepted many things that I said I was not going to do and that got me in a place of unhappiness because I already knew before I moved here what I was not gonna do. And I already knew why I shouldn't do certain, certain things. Being in student ministry class is a great thing. It is a beautiful blessing. But if you understand that you are not supposed to be there right now, then you need to accept that and you need to tell other people who think you need to be there, no, a lot told me to do something else. And you need to stay stand firm on that because every something could be great for you to do, but is it the time to do it? And it could be a big hex. No, you better not do that. And I put myself through a lot of stress. And because of that, I'm just going to be honest, it, it put stress on the marriage because I was stressed out. I was unhappy with myself. I was stressed out. And I'm just now in a place where I'm like, uh-uh, I need, I'm taking care of destiny. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm not going to do. And it took me a long time to do that. And that's why I say, going back to earlier about I was the person before marriage who could be, and this has nothing to do with my husband. This has something to do with me. And this had, Minister Sharif, the one told me to come to student ministry class. And um, you just have to know what's for you, no matter who is telling you to do something. And um, I'm, I'm saying that to say earlier, before marriage, I thought I was firm on certain, like, I, like, I'm going to tell people, no, this, this, this is what I do. But then in marriage, then you're doing all these other things and, and you could lose yourself for a moment. And so that's being honest. Um, I have been in a place where I wasn't honest with myself. Um, and I'm just getting back to being honest with myself. I'm like, um, I, I think I'm doing way better. I'm doing good now, but um, I'm also okay with, I was always okay with telling people I wasn't good. 
but I was still trying to be good. Even in, even like I could tell you, sis, I could tell y'all I'm not, I'm not doing good, but I'm still trying to act like I'm good, even though I'm telling you I'm not good. It's just stupid. <laughs> so yeah, um, yes and no, Sister Faith. So for me, Sister Loretta, you were going to say something? I was. I was just going to um, mention that I think my first, if I can use the word revelation of having to be honest with myself had to do with finances. I think sometimes we get in a situation where we think struggle is okay that you put on yourself, like, really? You gonna keep on doing that over and over and over and over again? And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm tired of struggling like this. This is not what I'm supposed to do. It's not what I have to do. You know, but that was something I was putting on myself. It wasn't something that, like you said, sister, I was, somebody was, somebody else was putting, I mean, no, I was putting that on myself. So I had to be honest with myself and say, no, you put yourself in this situation. Even though, you know, we, we don't always have the correct knowledge, but we got too much access to too much information, you know, to, to put ourselves in a different position. So I just wanted to, to add to that. Yes, ma'am. I would say um, for me, it took me, I have, oh, how can I say it? I have moments where I'm honest with myself. And then I have moments where I'm in denial. And um, so therefore I'm not being honest with myself. And I'm able to recognize that now and realize like, oh, the pattern is when, when I want something, even if Allah may not necessarily want it for me, I want this for me. So I'm just gonna shut off how I really feel or ignore how I really feel and go after what it is that I want for myself. Even though I'm hurting myself at the end of the day. And um, I remember the first time where I actually was honest with myself and I said it out loud. Um, I was really bitter. Uh, I was really bitter at a point in life. And um, I was having a conversation with, with Sister Mecca. Y'all know Sister Mecca, that's my girl. Hey, Sister Mecca. But I was having a conversation with her and uh, we were talking about being bitter. And I was at work and I'm like, you know what? Let me just look up this word because I, I associated the word with something that it wasn't really you know that that really wasn't the definition so when I looked up the word I was just like I am bitter and it I was sad about it but and I, I didn't even really realize it right now until I'm telling y'all that I was you know that I was able to be honest with myself about that and then being able to accept what I'm dealing with what feelings I have and everything like that it helped me to move to help me to move differently and like sister destiny just said like as black people you know we oh i'm good and that that's me like oh no everything's good i'm fine you know don't really talk about things but i see how that can um how that can negatively affect affect us if we're not honest with ourselves and really truly affect our mind like really our mind is the most valuable thing that we will ever in my opinion the mind is the most valuable thing we can ever have and the ability to think 
once we no longer have the ability to think for ourselves and you know like how some people um you know they lose their that ability and they end up in psych wars and things like that i think that's the worst thing that can happen to you you go from knowing to no longer even being able to think for yourself and function as a person i just think that is like the worst thing that's that's worse than suffocating to me it's like man like i'm living but i, I don't have control of this and it's mine and it's in my body but i can't control it and I personally believe I have had moments of that where I wasn't controlling my mind because I was not being honest with myself. That's essentially what, you know, I think that, that we do. Like, we're not honest with ourselves. We're saying we're good. We're trying to be okay. So we're not even having control of what's going on, what's going on in here. We're just putting on the facade. And that's torture. So for me, um, I, I can't I can be honest with myself I have been honest with myself but have I been honest with myself all the time am I still completely honest with myself no because like I said there may be moments where I want want something Destiny you were saying a lot that I uh, wrote down just now um I accepted many even though this I'm taking it out of context but you said I accepted many things that I said I wasn't going to do and um you have to know what is for you no matter who's telling you something I mean no matter who's telling you to do something that is like that is a fact like you have to be able to know what you can and cannot handle and you have to be honest about that and it doesn't make you look low or like like you incapable of something it's just like man this is where i am right now i can't handle that and that's okay like i think that uh for me i know um i was in a place and i have i still get like this sometimes where i feel like oh i'm not enough and i'm not i'm not good enough if i say i can't do something and that's still something that i kind of um battle with but inshallah you know your sister gonna get there we're gonna, we gonna get this thing together um so did y'all have any other go ahead sister. just really brief. i know i didn't talk a lot tonight <laughs> i'm just gonna say that's the thing though it's not that we can't do it i'm it's i'm not gonna do this right now it's not saying that you're incapable and it's not saying that i can't it's just saying this is not the time right right Yes, ma'am. So moving on. Wow, this this podcast is really long today. Praise be to Allah. But moving on, this is the last segment, which is self-care. Again, this was um, taken from or inspired by Sister Dr. Ava. Um, do we have what it takes? Will we actually go as far as to figure out what it what it will take in order for us to fix our impediments? Now, I don't want, I'm not saying like, go get some fake boobs and a new booty I'm not saying stuff like that but I mean really like okay you know I don't really like this about myself so let me figure out what I can do to work out in order to lift these a little bit or lift that back there or what can I eat to clear this up right here like do we have what it takes and if we do have what it takes if we like that we know how to do it why is it that I guess it's a question why is it that even if we don't like something about ourselves, we'll, this is for me, I've done this, just let it be and just be down on ourselves about it instead of doing something to fix it. Have y'all ever experienced that? Um, well, sometimes I would say that it, it might not even need to be fixed. It is what it is. And we just have to accept that part of it too sometimes. But uh, we have what it takes. 
um, but will we put forth the effort to make the change or see it um, necessary or how we're going to benefit from it if we do? Because things don't need to stay the way they are. Sometimes you have to make a change. Um, Self-care is looking different for me right now. It's looking like a lot is, is, is managing my self-care. Let me know what that is, and then I have to act on it. So that's how um, self-care is looking for me right now. So the answer is yes, ma'am. I think sometimes we like being at war. I think sometimes we like our crazy selves. <laughs> we are dealing with post-traumatic slavery disorder. That's that's the biggest thing. We really are. It is has been passed down we can still feel the pain from our ancestors that's why certain things just make us cringe on the inside even though we have not in this time experienced it but we've experienced it before and so i think we are resistant to change um i watched this movie called the female brain when i was in texas and I was watching it and I was thinking, oh, my husband might like this. And my husband, he don't watch no TV, no movies. If I tell him what movie I want him to watch, he gonna watch the trailer. Or if I start talking about it, he look like he getting stressed out. I'm like, <laughs> okay, okay, we ain't gotta watch it. Um, but he actually watched the trailer and he was like, ain't no, ain't no black people in here. <laughs> but he watched the trailer and we watched the movie yesterday. So it was my second time watching it. And I really want to watch it again because I really thought it was that good. And I thought my husband and I could have a conversation about it. And it really touches on the female brain. And he he was learning lots, lots more about me. He was like, wow, really? So it talks about how the female thinks. It's an educational um, comedy type movie, but it's also a book. And it's also one of the requirements for my dual class, which is very interesting because nobody's having a baby in the class, in the movie. But anywho, I'm bringing it up to say there was one, um, there was the person who was actually doing the study on the female brain. She was in the room with her parents and her parents are arguing, nothing tense. They're just, it's just a disagreement. And it's just the way that they talk and it's nothing, it's not even hot, hostile. And she just goes like this, la, 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 la. And the mom was like, did she go with the singing again? And she was like, I'm just, you are arguing. And I'm just, I'm just having, basically she was saying she was having therapy. She looked really crazy, but she's been doing so much research that she's trying to, to switch the way that she thinks. She's trying to um, beat the female nature and the female brain and I bring it that all up to say that some what what were we taught in the supreme wisdom I mean not supreme wisdom but what were we taught after knowledge what happens you on mute sister Larez after knowledge comes wisdom 
Oh, no, no, no. Is that what you're talking about? No, 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 no. So I don't, I honestly don't remember the exact words, but after knowledge come, basically the people dis disagree with each other. They're like, there's more conflict because now we just too smart. So this woman is having more conflict with herself. And so I'm saying all that to say, sister Faith, I think sometimes we are really resistant to change. And then when we do get knowledge, sometimes we trying to beat things or we trying to put up this front or trying to act like this works, but, it, but we're not really applying what we learn. So I think that um, sometimes we just very resistant and I think that um, that going back to what I said about sit soaking in your milk, we need to soak in the milk, but then get your butt up and clean it up. Make some changes. You only soak so you can understand what the lesson is and then you get up and clean it up. You clean it up, you change your life. So um, I think that, that that's just our problem that we just we resistant to change we too stuck in the past um we want to be perfect but it ain't about being perfect it's just about this whole episode is about accepting your own and being yourself and being okay with where you're at even if where you're at is not what you expected stop expecting things and just be okay with, with life my therapy said my therapist said um and i have to remember to share some notes with y'all but she said um Everything in life is going to change, but it doesn't mean that you have to change based on your environment. So basically, just continue to be who you are. And when things happen, I'm getting better and better and better and better. Remember when we used to come on this podcast and I used to tell my husband, I need a moment. I need a moment. So now he starts talking to me. I'm like, babe, I just really need some time. I'm just thinking. I, I need, I need, I just need a moment. And then I was playing the minister the day I said, yesterday I said, I just need some time with the minister. And he just, he just, he accepting it. But you know why? Because I'm saying it in a nice way. And because I'm, I'm really not just saying what I need, but I'm actually doing what I need. I, I'm listening to the minister. It's not just that I'm saying it. I'm really listening to the minister. You hear the minister? He, he playing right now. <laughs> so I just think, I think that's the problem. And I know I have talked way too much today. I am really full because I've really been studying. And, and it's not that I've been studying. I think I've actually been applying <laughs> lately. Um, and I'm no longer in that place of I'm not being honest with myself. I'm in a place where um, I'm being more honest with myself. Right, right. And it, it, I mean, like you said, just live your life. We don't have to make it complicated, which we do. Um, I know sometimes things get to be a little challenging. I don't even like to use the word, oh, it's a struggle. I can't make it. It's challenging. And what does a challenge do? I'm like, okay, I'm ready for this challenge because I know it's going to make me a better person. So. So my whole thing now is that I'm just going to live my life to the best of my ability and, and, and to continue to allow a lot to guide me. That's where I live my best life. Because I know if I try to do things on my own, it's going to fall apart. So I just try to live to the, my, my life to the best of my ability. 
and not even stress out about things because I know it's gonna it's gonna be good whether it's this way or that way it's gonna be good either way so yes ma'am um I really don't have any did I answer the question I don't even know if I you did it <laughs> <laughs> okay um oh yeah okay um so for me uh sister destiny when you said we as black people don't pay attention to signs now i'm living in that right now um not paying attention to certain things and then waiting well not waiting because you just well i've been ignoring something and then boom it's like this big thing and it's like oh now i have to deal with this and really i, I don't know why i've why i've done that and why i do that and why I do that, um, because I know that I, I know I'm not silly in the sense of not being able to figure out what it is that I need to do in order to fix a to fix a problem or something of that nature. But I don't know. I guess it's just that um, going back to what you said, Sister Destiny, as far as saying, "Oh, I'm good. It's it's not that big of a deal. It's it's gonna be okay." And you know. Um, this is me being honest with myself. <laughs> I have to stop doing that and stop ignoring things until it gets so big to the point where it's like I'm forced to deal with it. And now it, it's bigger than what it sh it's bigger than what it could have been if I would have fixed it in the beginning. Y'all know what I'm saying. But um, yes, ma'am. So um, yeah, yeah. Did you all have anything else to add or wanted to share? I know why, sister. Oh, oh go ahead. No. I know why, Sister Faith. You're not in present time. And you know why I can say that? Because I, I told you I wasn't being honest with myself. But I wasn't being honest with myself, not because I didn't know I was being honest with myself, but because I wasn't in present time. I couldn't see myself. I couldn't see everything that was happening in the present moment. You know, this is something, I, and I'm going to have to agree with that because this is not the first time that I have heard that. And now I know that I'm, this is, I'm being forced. I have to look at this and say, you know what? I'm not, I'm, I'm probably not, no, not probably, but I'm not in real time. And I really don't like, I, I know what it means, but I don't know what it means. And I don't really know how to move forward with, with accepting that I'm not in present time because it's, but I guess I've been in denial about that. It's like, no, I know what's going on. I'm, I'm aware, but being aware doesn't mean I'm living in present time, I guess. Does that make sense? Cause it ain't, it ain't making sense to me. The first step is awareness and honesty. And so you have to be completely honest. So until you be completely honest, then you're not going to be in present time. This is I think I was in, thinking about that in a sense, um, like you haven't, you have a problem. And you know, if you don't do anything about that situation, that it's only going to grow into something beyond what it was in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And because it's a, a small problem, you can deal with a small problem. But once it gets beyond your ability to handle, then now it's too much. So I would rather be honest with myself and deal with it while it's small than for it to grow. But you know who had to point that out to me? My son. Mm. While we were in quarantine, he kept pointing, being like, who the hell? I'm your mother. <laughs> 
you know, but I had to pull back on that and say, wait a minute now. Because they're adults. They're in their 30s. So they see things and can't speak. But my sons have never been afraid to speak their mind because I allowed them to. I didn't do them like this, like my mama did me. But <laughs> that's a whole nother. <laughs> but yeah, so. Yeah, my son pointed that out to me that, mom, you have to just deal with stuff, you know, or I wouldn't share if I needed help, you know. So, yeah, come on in the present time. Okay, one more thing. Sister Lariz, because the struggle came up twice um, when you talked about, so struggle is ordained, but what we get confused as people is that struggle is ordained, but we shouldn't be struggling. <laughs> and what I mean by that is, because you brought up finances. In the supreme wisdom, God promises us specific things. and But what we do is we struggle in those specific areas that he promised us heaven in. That is the problem. So struggle is ordained, and even when we are living in heaven and um, experience success in those areas, there's still going to be some struggle, mm -hmm. struggle meaning trials, but it doesn't mean that we should be struggling. And so I just wanted to, to bring that up for us to always think about it, it. Struggle is ordained, but we're not, it's not meant for us to be struggling. Like we must. I'm not right. I'm not trying must. to struggle. I ain't trying to do that for nobody. <laughs> Look, I done been there, done that. I'll accept my trial or my struggle, but I ain't struggling like that. No, I, I know how that feel. Mm -mm. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Uh, was there anything else that y'all wanted to add or touch on? Destiny has talked too much. I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> right. I, me either. I, this this has been a really good podcast. And I think we can we can probably um, put it on our last guest that it went so long. <laughs> yes, ma'am. We are all full. Okay. Well, then, I guess this has been episode nine right of our podcast wow praise be to a lot y'all we making progress and okay well anyways thank you all for listening this is black tea and that is it i hope you enjoyed your light savory sip for the day please join us again on our next episode They call me Oyuma. They be trying to sound like they from Africa. Bro, I'm learning to trust me. But no one above me. I know they don't love me. Nah, I'm learning to trust me. I know they don't love me. But no one above me. But God, I'm a God, I can't let the devil handle me. 
If I did, I would only get in trouble I've been patient, I've been skating on insanity Just a young boy, always in his bubble Just a young boy, tailor made to fly With his eyesight trained at the sky Sun, moon, and stars, have the stars in his stripes Young boy, finally got God in his life Got a big bag if you wanna get it Saw this drink bag, do you wanna hit it? Same God, everything a nigga need Bismillah. Yeah, I already turned, but you won't admit it you can see your words, make the word flesh You could be the word, your choice I just wanna see your works All that hate, but try be watching me at work All that tough talk, how about you be at first? Say so from nobody like me I don't know nobody like me Say so from nobody like me God got his hands on me Learning to trust me I trust myself No one above me I know they don't love me Learning to trust me. I trust myself. I know they don't love me. But no one above me. I love you too. Gotta open your heart. Gotta open your heart. Gotta open your mind. Cause your knowledge and your scholarship is cool. But just know that you were part of the vine. You were here before the book. You were here before the man. You are not mankind, young man. You were God. I just hope you understand. Still won't find nobody like the black man. So ain't for nobody like me. I don't know nobody like me. I'm way too. So ain't for nobody like me. God got his hands on me. Learning to trust me. I trust myself. No one above me. I know they don't love me. Learning to trust me. I trust myself. I know they don't love me. But no one above me. I love you too. Love my soul. I trust myself. I love you too. Love my soul. Learning to trust me. I trust myself. I know they don't love me. But no one above me. But God.